Hi, and welcome to Driving Leadership. I'm David Foster. I'm Mike Metcalf. And I'm Sean Pete. Maybe you got the big promotion inside your company. Maybe you joined another company or another team, but you're facing the very first day of being a leader. And we want to ask today, what do you need to do to survive that first day as a leader? I'm going to nominate Mike to answer that question first. My honest answer is, is to, uh, put your two weeks notice in and say you've had a change of heart. That would be, that would be my recommendation because leading is hard. (laughs) And uh, I think we go into it thinking about all the things we need to, all the things we're going to get, but leading is all about what you're going to give. And so I think it's all about going into how can you listen? um, How can you learn, but how can you serve and empower and inspire others? So when you say give, do you mean like give out candy, give out advice, give out promotions, raises, extra time off? No, no, definitely don't do that. I mean, that's one extreme. There's the the first day of like, I'm going to make everything better. You know, if there was a change because something was wrong or broken or there was poor performance come in with this grandiose idea, it, it is good to have a plan. You probably wouldn't have gotten hired without one. Um, but then you have the other extreme where... You know, you come in and clean house and it's my way or the highway. The sweet spots is somewhere in the middle where you're, you know, equal parts learning, but also you, where you do have some idea of where you think everyone can go. But listening to people, getting feedback and helping that be a part of everyone's collective consciousness is, uh, is really important. You know, Mike, I think it's interesting. You, you talk about like how there's excitement builds from the things you're going to get, right? The corner office, yep. the company car. Uh, the company credit card, the, you know, the parking spot, you know, a lot of times people are like, Oh yeah, this promotion's great. And then they get into that first day and it's, Oh wow. I I didn't realize this came with this, 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 and this. Right. And then, and, and like I said, I think that's a really great point is, you know, when you're thinking of taking on a leadership position and, and you're moving, you, you need to think about the first day, not all the things that you're going to get the first day, but all the things that, Everything you attain comes at a cost. And what is the cost on that first day? So we're really talking about changing our anticipation from going to the car dealership to pick out our new car to how do I figure out how to help people? Yeah, I I think that's our, you know, we we talk often about, uh, you know, a a young Indian chief aspiring to be you know, a young Indian warrior or Native American warrior being a chief. And it, it was because they protected the tribe, empowered the tribe. And uh, that's a very different mindset than, you know, look at me and look at my title and all of these things that I'm going to be able to say I can accomplish because of, you know, where I am at this point in time. So, yeah, it's just a mindset shift. I think the anticipation of more of like, um, you know, having a firstborn child. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh there's excitement there. You're, you're, you know, a lot of anticipation and buildup, but then there's still a little bit of sense of like, I kind of don't know all the answers here and, I, and I'm going to need a community of people to help me help us get us there. Our oldest is 26 and I don't think I'm in the double digits in terms of percentages of how many of the answers I would say that I would know. And I think he would agree with that actually. <laughs> But it's probably not, you know, uh, 
what's the percentage of, of that for any leader? If they're honest, you know, how many times have we all screwed up? Right. So, um, Sean, what's your first piece of advice? Oh gosh. Uh, you know, I wrote down my emotions the night before, uh, I got my biggest promotion and they were hopeful, excited, equipped, visionary, and transformative. And by about one o'clock the next day, those had changed to terrified, (laughs) doubtful, (laughs) regretful, exhausted, and pumped. Um, The first day on the job was, I knew it was going to be bad because what we were walking into um, really underestimated the the heat of the dumpster fire like really <laughs> to the point where I think I called Mike and was like, I think we might've made a massive mistake here. Um, you know, but like I said, at the end I was pumped because, because I think as human beings, we're built for, for challenge. Right. And we're built mm-hmm. to be tested and we're built for work and, and all those things, um, set me on my heels the first half of the day. Do you think it set you on your heels because, your perception of what it was going to be like was different than what actually happened? Yeah, I think so. Like I knew there was a level of dysfunction in there, but I didn't think it would be like 20 punches in the face, like back to back to back to back to back to back until I could come up for air and be like, Oh, okay. Is there a way through this? Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think you sit in the office and it, it, or, or wherever you end up landing and, um, you know, you're immediately struck with self-limiting beliefs. Right? You're immediately struck by feelings of um, imposter syndrome. Oh man, did am I the right person for this? Am I? You know what I mean? And and the thing is, is the first quiet moment I got that day. I remember just sitting there and just okay. I was just like, breathe, breathe. You're fine. Um, and I remember you know, it, it getting better and then obviously better the next day. And it just kept getting better every day. Mm-hmm. And I think the things I did really well that first day on the job was I observed, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't come in and dictate anything. I didn't mm-hmm. say, this is how we're going to be. This is how we're doing this, this. I didn't, I did none of that. I observed, I listened, right? I let people tell me what was great about the program. I let them tell me what was terrible about the program. Mm-hmm. I let people tell me how great they were and hang themselves in front of me. I let people inspire me and be like, Hey, I got the right person here. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I was foundational. I didn't let my emotions run away from me. And I think that's the biggest thing that I could leave a first day leader with is that it is going to be hard, right? There are things that are going to be unexpected. Um, but if you can be foundational in your leadership, right? So you don't, you're not, a crazy maniac running around the company at one moment and then you're crying the next second. If you can be somewhere in between those two extremes, but stay there, um, you have a really good chance of, of, uh, of doing well on your first day. I'm going to add, add to that a little bit. Part of what Sean's talking about was some of the chaos was uh, <clears throat> there were some key tools that were just somehow showed up missing that were very vitally important to <laughs> the first day experience and mm-hmm. getting some things going. We're looking for stuff and somehow it had gotten misplaced, stolen, still don't know. Uh, they were sold up the back of the shop. Yeah. There are two key uh, employees that uh, the president was were like, Hey, let's, 
I know there's a lot of uncertainty when anytime there's a change in leadership, people, some people want to go where the other person went or they're unsure and they're exploring other options. There's two people that we need to keep. Absolutely. We got it. We've got it taken care of. Get there. Those two are gone. And it's like, so, I mean, the, the tools that you want to build around, the people that you want to build around, they disappeared. And then in on the other side were the people that were going to try to oh man, here's somebody new that's coming in. Let me tell them how great I am. Let me tell them how much this, these other people didn't value me. I'm the real hero here. And it's like, you don't know if that's true or not. And so you're having to evaluate people based upon half of a conversation. And so, you know, it can be a lot. It can, it can seem overwhelming. But like Sean said, you know, uh, breathe. Take that time to unplug a little bit on that first day and just say, okay, what's happening? Let your brain catch up mm-hmm. with all the things that have happened in that nine o'clock and 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock and over lunch and all the hallway and that kind of thing. And just evaluate it. You're in that position for a reason. Um, you just got to own it. As some of my Russian friends say in a very deep voice, this is normal. I mean, anyone who's taken a new position as a leader, they, they can relate a very similar story. And I think you guys have touched on something that's on my list. And that is, if you're starting out your first day, you're better off if you make peace with the idea that you can't control everything and you don't know everything. And probably a lot of what you think you know isn't right. And so it's that idea of you don't want to be the super soaker. You want to be the sponge, especially on the first day. So I, I agree with, I agree with you guys on, on all of that. Um, the first thing on my list that I would say to a a new leader is your goal for that day is to start to make connections with the individuals that you're leading almost as if you were both like human beings. And so I think you want to, like you said, listen and introduce yourself, uh, even if you're already known and find out something about that person that you can form a human connection with because your goal is to help them. And if you're connected to them, you, you help them more effectively. Yeah, I agree, David. And it, and it can, like, I'm sure some people are on here being like, no, there's no way it could, it's not that simple. No, no, it is. It is. Like, I, I especially love your, don't be the super soaker, be the sponge, right? As a new leader, don't come in and, and, and shout your accolades to everyone, right? Like, it's so off-putting when you come in and like, look at me and your chest is out and you, you know, let, let your team, let other people discover the great parts about you. Right, your first mm-hmm. job that first day is to listen, and I think you just gain a ton of respect when you do that. It's a great point. Yeah, and in terms of you know, like there's different types of respect too. So you can gain respect because, well, as you all know, I make two hundred thousand dollars more a year than you do. You can get, you can try to go for respect that way, but I think you can go for the type of respect that you want to develop mutually between you and the other people. You're consistent, you value them. One of the things on, uh, I'll actually go twice here. One of the things that uh, I have told people in the past is to take notes. Write down as you meet people and they think, 
or they, they say, you know, we really ought to change this, or I'm, you know, a big part of this movement, or I think that this could happen, write it down and spend some time thinking about it. Because if you value their input, even if they're wrong in the end, or even if you're wrong, or even if there's a different solution, you'll be able to have a better connection to them, and you'll get more work done. I, I would add a little caveat to that. If you happen to be talking about your families or where you grew up, that's probably not the right time to take notes. Oh, so you only have one kid. Hmm. Okay, let me note that down in your personnel file, right? right. But if they, but if if he or she, the employee, says, "Hey, coach or whatever," I, I've always thought that we could do something like this. Hey, that's great. Let me. I'm just going to make a note of that, and when we start talking again, I want to make sure I'm prepared to talk about it. You don't actually have to know anything to say that, and you could say that to every single person that you that you talk to. But you want to develop that connection, I think. Yeah, and and just keep a Excel sheet, you know, of names and just little quick facts about people that you can quickly reference. Um, it's helped me a lot just to be able to revisit a conversation from six months ago or two years ago. It's like, oh yeah, hey, by the way, uh, you know. You're from Oklahoma. I know. I remember, you know, something happened there. Do you have family there? Is everyone okay? Like it just, mm -hmm. it just creates those, you know, it's just, it's so simple. Um, but it, it, it'll save you time and time again, just being connected to people. The next thing I would have on my list is, and this obviously depends on the specifics of your team and your promotion, but go see people where they are. Don't bring them to you. So if you have an office, if you have like the quote unquote leader's desk, if you get the corner office, whatever it is, leave it, go sit down with people wherever they are, whether that's in the race shop or whether it's in the, the CSR floor or whatever, whatever place it is, you want to introduce yourself. You probably end up in some group setting where you say, you know, hi, this is me, you know, this is what. I'm here to do and I'm and I really want to know how I can help you. But you want to hit each person one on one, even if it's only for a few minutes and try to look beyond the job title or the job description and get to know them where they are. And you have to also be aware that, you know, if you're the new senior vice president in charge of mucky muck or whatever it is, and you're walking through the CSR floor, you probably get some strange, like, what are you doing here? But being a leader is serving people and making that connection. So sit down with them and say, what's going on here today? Can you tell me a little bit about what you're like, what's happening today? What are you working on? And you can always follow it up with how can I help? You're right. You're right. I, I think in order to break transactional patterns, you have to do the unexpected. Right. So, mm -hmm. if, if, you know, like we just, our race shop was just purchased by a guy that showed up at the time clock at 630 in the morning after we had run second in California the night before, just to shake everyone's hands and say thank you. The previous owner never even set foot on the shop floor because mm -hmm. right? he, he just figured, oh, well, the employees will just bitch at me. I'm not going down there. <laughs> um, so it was so refreshing because it was unexpected. Right, it wasn't okay. I'm going to put up this much work for you, and I get this much money. And you no, know, there was it, you, like I said, you're breaking those transactional patterns of, of you know, 
the archaic version of what a team is supposed to be. And like I said, getting on the shop floor, going to people, right? Showing that, hey, I'm willing to put the effort in because you matter to me, right? I, again, that's unexpected. It hits people different. And, and, and we've talked before where all the magic lies in the unexpected, right? So it's, it's um, I think that's a really good It's point. almost a shame that it's unexpected now. It's, an, it's absolutely a shame. Right. Like, like, again, you know, all three of us talk to companies and you hear about these things that go on and you're like, how have we missed it this badly? Like, how, how has it gotten this far away from us? Right. You, you go into a company and be like, hey, value your, value your employees and care about them. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what are we, we got to get you guys in, in front of the rest of our company? You know, <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, great. Let's do it. <laughs> I had somebody tell me once that they had this kind of thing covered because they sent quote unquote, everyone a welcome email. Like I'm, I'm the new boss, same as the old boss. You know, the beatings will continue until morale improves like that kind right. of message. Mm -hmm. And I just asked her, how did that work? And you know, she was like, you know, people didn't really respond that well to it. Huh? Huh is exactly right. So I think, I think you're, the description of your, your new owner who goes to see people that makes, it makes such a huge difference because it's really hard to work with somebody who's just an email address. Like, again, we talk about, okay, the fear and all the things that go into a first day as a leader, what are we asking you to do now? We're asking you to listen. We're asking you to observe. We're asking you to go to people, make the introductions, maybe take a couple notes. Like nothing we've said so far is outside the range of possibilities for just about anybody. There's a few people that might be a, a big stretch for it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what we're saying is, is that these are people centric. And I think the ideology for most leaders is, is that the process has to be the central focus on day one. Like I got to figure out how to get the manufacturing metrics up or the sales numbers up and it's like yes that is a part of it but it's only going to happen if you have a good you know a good grasp on who your people are that and they feel inspired and want to be led by you and until then that that process is is never gonna to happen efficiently yeah mike you're 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 actually touching a nerve with me because one of the things that i talk to owners about is who's going to do all this work or make all these goals that you have set for yourself or you've set for the company. And if you're not connected to them and you don't understand that a certain employee is really important or valuable to a certain process, by just looking at their job description, you've made a different decision. How are you, how are you going to get those things done? And a new leader, and I don't care if you have three people or 30 people under you. A new leader is exactly the same thing. If they're, if they're tasked with, you have to get, you know, manufacturing process straightened out. Well, you're not going to do that all yourself. And that idea of being ready to find out that what you assumed going into the job or what you thought or what you were told is not exactly the way it turns out. That's, that's really, really important because you have to put together 
the people to do the things that the business needs. And the only way to put those people together well is to understand them as people. Yes, there's a process, but who does that process? Well, people do that process. So you got to be able to understand and relate to them. Yeah. And, and top of mind, like you said, should not be to, to implement the greatest plan ever, right? The grand scheme. That's not mm-hmm. the, the goal. The goal is to make as you have seven seconds to make a first impression. The goal is to make, to win as many of those as you can to have mm-hmm. seven brilliant seconds with, with however many people you interact with so that your first impression will allow you to have a second good impression and help you start, you know, moving the ball forward. And, and that's, that's, to surmise the whole thing, that's what we're looking to do. Is the, you know, so you can inspire people on this new team. What do you think makes a bad seven-second first impression? Your super soaker analogy. Hey, you know, I'm uh, Sean Pete. I went to school in the Ivy League. I, uh, you know, I've uh, been the top salesman at the company. Like that stuff. That's that's a perfect way to not start. Does that mean that other people on the team aren't impressed with the Ivy League thing? I mean, it's impressed me and Mike. Yeah, right. <laughs> I should give hope to anyone who's ever listened to this. I can go to the Ivy League. Um, no, you know what I mean, though. Like when people are just start off with their resume. You know, especially as a leader, like you don't need, you don't need that to validate your position, right? That might be a fear response, but you don't need to start your conversations with your accolades or your, your business acumen or what you've accomplished. It should be, Hey, my name's Sean. I'm so excited to be here and work with you. Tell me a little bit about yourself or, you know what I mean? Like it, it should instantly, it should be as quick and brief as it can, can be for yourself and then move right into the interest in, in the other person, I believe. That fear piece is on my list because if you're not a little anxious, possibly a little fearful on your first day as a leader, you you better crush more tinfoil onto your antenna because you're not picking up the right signal. Everyone knows that you're new. Everyone knows that you don't know anything. And there there are expectations that you're going to mess up are just mathematically correct. And to go in with my decision is the correct one because of the number on my paycheck or my title or my position in the organization, that's a a recipe for a lack of respect, I think. I don't think that you wanna go in there and say to the group, oh my God, I'm so nervous, I couldn't really eat my breakfast this morning and I I might have to leave in the middle of my talk because I can't control my bowels. I don't think that's the right way to go about it. But to listen and to not, I don't know, come in with a sermon and a song and dance, that's the best way about it, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think we're talking about having some self-awareness some level of vulnerability, some level level of humility, right? Um, and I think a lot of that boils down to, like, one of the big things for me was just address the change. You know, so, some of you are distraught that the last person is not here anymore. 
you know, like not not everybody's always on board with the changes, right? And so mm-hmm. just you know addressing the fact that hey, some of you probably don't want me to be here. I, I I'm I'm okay with that. It's my it's my job to win that win you over. Um, it, to have a, a change point. of heart so that we 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 get back to whatever feeling that you had. We want you to have that here, and I want to be a part of that journey with you. Um, some things need to be changed. Some things aren't broken, and it and it's up to leaders to just say, "Hey, I don't just because I'm the new guy doesn't mean I have to do it my way." If if things were going well, let's keep it going at a high level. I just want to continue to learn what that was, how that process works, and how I can improve on it. Um, and so I think addressing change and and just getting ahead of it uh, is super important. And addressing the change in a way that's non-threatening, I think is really important. So in other words, if you have somebody who's been there for a very long time, this is the way we do things. The new guy's gonna come in and he's gonna change everything. Mm-hmm. You can address that with, in some ways, that very first conversation, if you're perceptive enough to pick up that somebody has been there for a while and there might be a little bit of resistance, Hey, I understand you're the expert at whatever it is, this process. Can, can we just talk about that, you know, in the next few weeks and we can figure out how that works because we obviously don't want to change anything that's not broken, Mm -hmm. but we also want to look at it and make sure that you're having the most success that you can. And maybe I can help you with that. And this goes back to my notebook. You, you make a note of it and for God's sake, follow up, send that person an email within the next couple of days. How does June 12th sound? Can we talk about this thing on June 12th? Right. And you have to go way out of your way to make sure it's not threatening. This isn't like the shit sandwich where I say, well, you've been here for 20 years and this sucks, but I think we can find something else for you to do. But addressing those things in a very receptive and humility, no, and humble way, I think that's really important. It is because it sets the tone for the overall experience, right? Again, that's why it's so, so important to make those, those good first impressions of, you know, we go back to being emotionally foundational, right? (laughs) The first interaction you get with these people, right? You know, they're going to, they're going to start judging you before you even open your mouth. You know, what you look like, what you're dressed, how you, you, know, how you walk up to them. You know, all, all that is factoring into like this first impression of you. And like you said, if it's, if it's a hurried experience, you know, if, if it's a short experience, if it's a distracted experience, all that, they're going to pick up on all of that. And that's why, it, you know, with, with everything that goes on on a first day, it's really important to just make sure that, you know, you're showing up for each person's best version of yourself. You know, again, like you said, David, meeting them where they are. Um, you know, not even, not even physically, but emotionally as well, right? Like, like just, you know, there's a, there, one thing great leaders do is they reassure people, right? Because when there is leadership change, the fear often isn't of the leader, it's of the unknown that accompanies the leader into the company, right? Into the building, Right. If you can assuage some of that anguish, um, fill in some of the gaps for those people, I think that's what great leadership looks like on day one. What's next on your list, Mike? Um, just a couple practical things. I don't know if we're there yet, but I can I can go for it. 
Um, one is, is just um, get to know the janitors, you know, the people, everyone's going to be like, hey, you got to meet this person. They're a rock star. They're a rising star. They're the future of the industry, the next CEO or the Ivy League grads. And then there's the people that are, you know, just may feel unimportant or may not have as a significant role, but are equally as important, if not more, to the success of the organization. Make sure they feel valued. Go introduce yourself to the you know, like the people that are cleaning the toilets and all those kind of things. Um, and then the second thing is just, you know, when you talk to people, ask them what their first day was like. You know, connect with them at a real level. Like, mm-hmm. what, what was this? What was this? What was it like for you when you walked through these doors for the first time? And and then now we're on equal playing field. We're two people that walked into a space and we're trying to make it better. You know, um, the title kind of goes away at that point. You're just connecting, like you said, David, just at a very human level. But it's it's at that level that we inspire brilliance and drive performance. You stole the first one from me. Ah. It's okay. I'll, I'll I'll forgive you. Mine is connected to a, a story about my son going to a private school, and when I dropped him off, I had to come back there two or three days later. But my direction to him as a thirteen-year-old who was a little starry-eyed about the whole experience was when I come back, I want to find out who cleaned your room, what the people in the dining hall are like, you know, who mows the football field that you're playing on. And he looked at me kind of cross-eyed, but when I came back a few days later, he introduced me to all of them. And I think that was a valuable lesson. And I realized that he was a 13-year-old and we're talking about your first day as a leader. But getting to know the people in an organization, I think sometimes gets corrupted because we tend to feel more impressed with the people who make more money or have a bigger office or get to make certain decisions. But that's not really how things work. And so getting to know everyone, because he also met the dean and the assistant dean and the chairman and all that sort of stuff, but he had a much better experience, and it's a it's a habit. I would say it's a habit now that he carries to this day. So, I forgive you for stealing one of the things on my list, and well, I'll, I'll, I'll summarize by saying I agree. It, well, you built you built on it. You told a story. I think it's great. So you know, <laughs> not, nine times out of ten, those are the people that actually know what's going on in the company. Right. They're the ones that are seeing behind the veil. You know, they know who's actually working. They know the performative activists who talk like they're working. You know, those are the people that you really need to get to know. This is why the FBI goes through your trash. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, like I said, if the the toilet is backed up, you know, who who are you going to be more fond of, the janitor or the accountant? Right. Like it's it's. uh, you know, I think back, you know, the only person that came to my wedding from Dartmouth was the guy who drove the Zamboni for four years. You know what I mean? Like I've always, uh, you know, I think because I've always been one of those people, I've always gravitated towards people. And we're just, we're a bunch of human beings, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and again, leadership done well permeates the entire organization. Top, yeah. top, top to bottom, bottom to top, really, not top to bottom. Because what right? we're really talking about, I think, is that society or especially business culture is twisted in a way that 
we give more attention to people based on their titles. And what we're saying is don't be twisted like that, but meet each and every person where they are for who they are and make a real connection. Sean, what's next on your list? I just, I'd probably touch on it one more time. It's imposter syndrome. On your first day of the job, you are going to question if you're built for this. You're going to question if you are the best candidate for this. And all I can say is I assure you that you are. And the sooner that you accept the fact that you are built for this position, the quicker you're going to realize that you belong and have always belonged in the rooms you're about to get into. I think the one thing that Mike and I saw pretty quick was like, you always look up and you're like, oh man, it'd be so great, but I need to you know, improve this tool and this tool and this tool to get to this room. You're ready. Like you're ready now. You, you've, you've always belonged in this room, so, so own it. And, and understand that everyone, right, even your leaders, are dealing with the exact same thing. Right? And if you're not, like if you're a leader who doesn't question their ability sometimes, um, probably not a great leader. <laughs> I have a much darker version of that. If it's your first day and you're questioning yourself, am I in the right place? Do I know what to do? Like, am I good enough for this? I would say unequivocally, no, you're not yet. Yeah. So it's this idea of, I think you and I are talking about the same things. It's just my bitter Boston upbringing that's <laughs> making my description slightly different. But I think when you go in and it's your very first day and you have the jitters, those jitters are there for a reason because it is new because you're not sure what to do. But I agree with you, Sean, that you can figure this out, especially if you stick to having some integrity, having some humility, making human connections, and being somewhat transparent as you go along. All that doesn't happen in the very first day, but you should realize that when you go in, yeah, this is a big task and it's gonna be hard. And that's, that's okay because yes, I agree with you that I think you should do it or that you can do it. But I don't think that, I just wanna be careful that we don't say because you were assigned leader, that means that your decisions are always gonna be good and you don't have to worry about it. No, no, I agree. I, I, th I think what I'm saying is give yourself some grace and it, it, you can al allow for questioning yourself. Because great mm -hmm. leaders question themselves, because uh, and great leaders um, will question themselves and come to the conclusion that they're wrong. And and what leaders do that question themselves is they work on their tools. They realize, like you said, I have I'm not yet. I'm a great leader, but just not yet. But but by questioning yourselves, you'll improve your tools so that you can take the next step. But what I don't want people to do is shrink. Right, get into that first day and think, oh gosh, am I built? Yeah, that's a good point. You are, you are. And and that's, I mean, that's just one in the aggregate, right? Like the the leadership, your leadership acumen, it, it happens over time. I think that's what we're kind of all saying, right? Like you, there's a there's a minimal amount of belief and confidence that you have to have in yourself. There's some competency and experience that you should have. Um, but you're not going to be able to implement all of that right away. It's just impossible to know the entire business, all the characters involved, and the direction, <clears throat> the precedents, where you came from, 
and where you need to go right away. It just takes time um, for you to figure those things out. But it's having those good relationships along the way that's just going to speed it up for you. And figuring out the characters, I think that brings up a good point. You know, we all have heard about like the unofficial org chart. So there's obviously the official one, probably made in PowerPoint. It's got some very dark lines that only go one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And I have to do this because I'm the assistant and the, you know, senior assistant told me to do it. But in reality, the way any organization works, whether it's a business or a community, the lines go all over. And on your first day, if you're, in my mind, if your first job is to connect to every single person that you meet, your second job is to try to figure out that informal org chart or those different relationships so that you can see, you know, on this team of coders, for instance, there's one guy who, or one girl who doesn't have the title for it, but actually approves all the stuff that gets done. Mm -hmm. And maybe that means there needs to be some sort of official change, but if it doesn't, that's something that you're going to have to work with. And it might actually work out quite well, but being oblivious to it or only relying only on the official org chart, I think is a recipe for disaster. Where have you, I mean, we've, we've seen this go really well. We've seen it go poorly. What are you guys have any good stories on first day, <laughs> first day gone wrong? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go with my first day in uh, a more formalized leadership position in a business that I was working on. And I got to the point very similar to what Sean was saying. Wow. This is way more messed up than I thought it was. And I thought it was pretty bad, but I was familiar enough with the people in the organization that I was able to talk to, uh, the person that I considered to be the conscience of the group and express some of my uh, fears and misunderstandings. And that person was able to help me get past that initial shock and be able to work on it. He wasn't like chief conscience officer for the company. His, his job was completely disconnected with that. But we ended up inviting him into meetings it's like, okay, we're going to talk about, you know, supply chain issues. So we've got the product development team here. We've got the sourcing team. We've got somebody from finance. And then, wait a minute, there's, what is, what is he doing here? It's like, well, he's going to listen. And if he's got anything to add, he'll add it. And it actually worked out quite well, even though it wasn't a, a demonstration of the official org chart. Pete, I know you, we could share some, a lot of the same stories of someone coming in and yeah, but a lot of uh, horrifying I, ones. I mean, I remember walking in, um, cause we had to get our guys outfitted with this, you know, suits and fire, fire suits and helmets. And I went up and asked to introduce myself to the apparel lady, right. Making our, our first, you know, <laughs> trying to win the first seven seconds. She's like, you're the new picker coach. I was like, yep. And I said, um, 
you know, we're, we're just looking for allyship, you know, people that'll work with us. And she's like, yeah, you can't fall off the floor. I'll help you guys. <laughs> and like, she was telling me stories about like how the picker has been banned from walking through the building because they're such a terrible experience. And, um, yeah, like I said, I just, uh, there, I, there's, a, there's a bunch of stories from that first day. Yeah. What was there one that sticks out for you? We could be here all day. Let's <laughs> try, let me try to stay focused here because it'll turn into comedy hour here. It's, <laughs> what is a what does a new leader do when he or she is is in the in the corporate structure where they have an immediate boss especially if that boss says you know I I brought you in to fire half the team and double productivity and you know no more vacations for this group I think that's a terrible boss that puts someone in that situation. You know, like there were two, there were two athletes that were non-starters for us and we wanted them out of the building before we even set foot on campus. Mm -hmm. um, that, that was part of the agreement of us coming. It was, you know, we didn't want to come in there and start swinging the ax. That's not right. Cause if we did that again, there's that, there's that first impression, right? So you, you, you stoke fear into people right off the hop. So I, my, my answer to that would be to try to have that, negotiate it before you take the position. If that's an impossibility, I think what you do is, is I mean, you, you, you have to, gosh, that's a hard question. You, I would say you'd have to execute the order, you know, fire the, the 12 people that you're being asked of, and then make sure you have a real good reason to tell the others that are staying why they're staying and why you had to let, you know, 12 of their colleagues go on your first day. And I don't know that that's the right answer. I think that touches on the last thing on my list is on your first day to be very aware of the expectations you communicate mm -hmm. and people assume that for good reason, people assume that if you say something or do something that you may say it or do it again. And when you're working with your boss, the first day or maybe even the first week is when some of those practical demands come through if you haven't had a chance to negotiate them in the in the, the beginning and the i think the best you can do there is i say something like i will take a look at it and i will do my best if you're obviously in the military and you have a direct order there's not much leeway to not follow that order but outside of the military or maybe the operating room, there is leeway and you want to be very conscious of not making too many promises either directly or implied, I think. But yeah, it's a tough ask. I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of that happens at a, like you said, a higher level or board level. Okay, we're bringing you in, but we got to do this first. <laughs> and that's a man, that is a tough way to start. Um, seeing if you can get somebody, a representative, somebody above you to get that thing done would be great. But, uh, yeah, like you said, if, if it's something that you have to do, you just have to speak to it, handle it as best you can. And be, that's a tough way to come in. It is really tough. It yeah, is tough. Sean, do you take notes how you feel every day as a leader? What was today? Uh, what was today? Uh, today was, um, inspiring. Um, to mesmerizing, to uh, 
to, to disbelief, uh, back to inspiring, uh, um, to pumped. Yeah. So I try to leave on pumped as much as I can, but uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a roller coaster today. <laughs> Is there anything we would say a new leader on their very first, on his or her very first day shouldn't do? I'm going to go back to lead with yourself. Do not lead with yourself in your interactions. Yeah, I was going to say. And if you don't, if you absolutely do not have to fire someone on your first day, do not fire someone on your first day. Unless it's, like you said, unless it's mandated. Mm -hmm. Because you've not even given that person a chance to prove what they are. And I mean, and that's, you know, that's kind of the old school way to doing it. You know, we, we had a guy who's a GM whose nickname was the axe and, you know, had, had no problems chopping people, getting people mm -hmm. out of the building. Um, and, and kind of liked that fear and reverence that people had when they were around him because they just didn't know if they were, you're always just one conversation away from him being like, Nope, we're going in a different direction. So, you know, people don't really, uh, aren't really inspired by that very much anymore. Um, so I think that's an antiquated way of doing it. So I would just say, you know, less is more. That whole one mouth, two ears thing, listening, valuing people's voices, I think early is, is really important. So the opposite would be to just go and talk all day, to have meetings after meetings after meetings where you're the star of the show and you dictate every conversation. And it's all about what your vision is and what you think. I agree. It's a very tough call to have a complete, well thought out practical vision on your very first day where you're not actually even sure how everything gets done. I don't know if it's like a, what not to do, but you know, we talk about you doing your job isn't improving your leadership skills. Like mm -hmm. you working on your craft doesn't make you a better leader. So I think it's, there's an awareness to an understanding. All right, read the room. All right. Who, are these introverts, extroverts, older, younger, what's the energy level? You know, there's a lot of different things that go into the matrix of people and figuring out, okay, what kind of attributes do I not have that I need to be able to lead this type of group? Cause every group's different. What worked well for you with another 30 may not work well for this 25. Right. And so I think just assuming that your natural skill set <laughs> will get the job done, I think is a mistake. Agreed. So we have connections, taking notes, talking to everyone, no matter what their job description is, going to see people where they are, yep. being prepared for not knowing everything or not having your day one vision complete and executed by the end of the day, being aware of the expectations that you may intentionally or unintentionally communicate, being aware of the unofficial org chart. Did I miss anything? No, I'd say you're pretty close. I think it's pretty solid. We, we probably could have talked more about the expectations piece and just saying like, hey, here's just a little bit about me. You know, as you get into it, maybe not the first day, but I think it is important for people to know, you know, what, what they're being measured by. You know, what, you know, if you value people being kind to each other and saying hi in the hallways, people need to know that, you know, so that, 
you know, a year in, you're, you're not on the hot seat just because you're the grumpy guy that doesn't want to talk to anybody in the hallway. Right. So just, I mean, that's a little thing, but just, you know, just some basic, like fundamental, like, Hey, here's, here's how I work. There's, I want to learn more about you, but just a couple of things that I think are really important for, for, for us, you know, just kind of maybe throwing some stuff out there. I think it'd be cool as well. Yeah. And if this is well-received, I mean, this, this is about your first day, right? And it's tough to expectations. If you set everyone down and said, this is our expectation on your very first day. Um, I would worry that that would come off too aggressive. So, yes. you know, maybe we save that for, you know, if this is well-received, this is the first day of your new promotion. What does your first week of your new promotion look like? Because I agree with Mike, those expectations should be in there. Um, just, I, I'm just not sure on the first day. It would have to come after you understand better how that group works or your mm -hmm. company works. Yep. And Mike, I think you just teed up our next episode, how a leader communicates expectations and how that affects how people work. I love it. it, it it's so important. If you don't know how you're being evaluated or viewed, you're, you're, <laughs> You're hitting them, trying, you're trying to shoot a moving target, right? Like you're just never going to measure up. You're never going to be evaluated highly, be promoted, things like that. And, and a lot of that comes back to leaders just making that known. Like here's the expectations. Here's what is valued here, rewarded here. This is what, um, this is not, you know, obviously whatever the industry is, is what we want to do, but expectations is how we're going to do it. And I think that's, that's incredibly important. Well, dear listener, you have got a sneak peek of our next episode on expectations and leadership. We covered a lot of ground here today and hopefully left people with some very practical things to do and things not to do on their first day. Now, I was going to say, and if you, if you put your two weeks, two weeks notice in on the first day, you will receive no judgment from me. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everyone. See y'all.